a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. On this week's episode, we are joined by Debbie Brown, who is the Chief Impact Officer at Chopra. She's also a mama, author, and overall just amazing human. Um, On this week's episode, you can expect to hear about healing your inner child. Identifying trauma. Why children need someone to blame. What man in history is to blame for the unempowered woman? And I get a little emotional talking about a personal inner child realization that just happened. So make sure you guys tune in. I hope you guys enjoy this episode featuring Debbie Brown. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. And it's the first week of April. Happy spring. Ah, I, don't, I know y'all love when I sing. Nobody loves it when you sing. Nobody loves when you sing, okay? <clears throat> you are off don't, key. You don't, are fucking off key all the time. Don't get me started. See, guys? <laughs> what I tell you? <laughs> don't let me freestyle on my voice, okay? Um. So... It's April and, you know, we just are we're getting out of Money March, which I hope you guys enjoyed last month because we had some amazing guests. I feel very much more empowered f- about my finances. I'm really excited because we are going to be joining Loose Warrior um, for her Wealth Rules Everything Around Me course starting on May 1st and 2nd. I'm pretty sure it's already sold out, but we are she is partnering with us and giving four scholarships to four of our listeners to join that class. And it's going to be amazing. So if you want to learn more about finances and feel more empowered, um, first of all, follow Loose Warrior because she's the shit. And secondly, make sure you keep look out for her next course because I think she's going to do another round. And look out for that giveaway because you could be in class with us. We're students. We're students again. 
Yeah, I You've am. been wanting to take a class. I know. I have for like two years. <laughs> I'm very excited to start here with my finances. I'm feeling very empowered this April. It's spring. It's time to birth some shit. Erica and I are birthing lots of shit. There's so many things. So many things. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling springy. I'm feeling ready to give birth to all of our things and run with it so I can chill by the pool in the summer. I'm going to get you on that yacht, baby. We're, we're getting on this fucking yacht if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, well, I'm really excited because this month I, you know, there's not necessarily a theme per se, but I do want to focus on wellness, tapping back into our wellness, checking in with ourselves. You know, at the beginning of the year, we talked a lot about manifestation and we talked a lot about, you know, just healing. And so I'm just really excited because we have a special guest here who I feel like is going to like help, you know, kickstart this month off really in a, in a really amazing way. So Debbie Brown, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Welcome. <laughs> and if you guys don't know who Debbie is, well, you will by the end of this episode, and you should anyway. Uh, she is the Chief Impact Officer at Chopra, and she has her own podcast called Dropping Gems with Debbie Brown, which is amazing. Like, I was listening to it on the car right here, and I was like, screen recording shit. I was like, I need to come back to this. <laughs> I was like, yes. Like, what? Um, so make sure you check that out. So, But welcome, Debbie. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> Big fan of you guys. Uh, really happy to be here and talk about all of the things. Um, so I know Debbie from like 100 years ago. Not 100. We're still young. But so young. Prior to children. We were just infants. That's all. <laughs> prior to children's. <laughs> um, and I've, it's been so cool to watch your journey. Um, Thank you. And I know we, we talked a little bit before the episode. And you said kind of like you've always been kind of you know, trying to tap in into this space, but you kind of didn't always feel like this, like the space to do it or like yeah. you would be judged or something. Yeah. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you? And, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, speaking to that, like that, I'll start there. You know, I think when I think about being a seeker and just kind of being on this path, part of what lent itself to that, and I don't know if anyone will identify with this, but like I was the only child raised by a single mom and I was a latchkey kid for many years. And like by nature of that, you go inside, you know, like I was my only playmate as yeah. a kid. You know what? I never <laughs> thought about that. I was just, I was an only child till I was like 13. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And so usually, especially if you have a single parent, mm -hmm. it lends itself to kind of like a high level of maturity really young. And you're navigating with a lot of adult language, like adult understanding, even if you're not ready for it. So it kind of lends itself to like a lot of natural ability to be in self-inquiry, which I think is the foundation of our spiritual journey. It's curiosity. That's how we get to change. That's how we get to grow. That's how we get to heal. We get really curious about ourselves or our situations or how our life has unfolded. And we start seeking out the things that we feel called to. So that like to that extent, like I, you know, I would consider myself, I was the kid that like the teenager that had self-help books. Didn't apply most of it. Wait, were they chicken soup to the teenage soul? Yeah, right, or Because right. that was my self-help so book. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the seven highly effective, um, you know, traits of teens. And you, I, you were reading that as a teenager? Yeah. Oh, you were no. very ah, mature. Wow. I was well, reading Coldest Winter Ever. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Shout out to duality. <laughs> but no, you know, I think, I mean, it took me years to apply. As I think is the thing, right? Like we, we get the tools, but it's like when we embody is just about our divine timing. So like intellectually, I had the tools. 
didn't always use them, but then as I got older, they started sinking into my heart and started being like a way of being. But yeah, I started my career in entertainment. That's how we met in the entertainment world many moons ago. Um, and I was a radio personality for a while, did some TV, mostly worked in hip hop um, for close to 15 years. And it was amazing. It fed my curiosity in so many ways. I loved the music. Um, but then, you know, I, I really felt called to spend like my 3D life more connected to what my 5D life looked like. Mm. So like I wanted to make the world that I was in for my work and on earth to also be more representative about how I actually spent my private time and like mm. what I actually thought about and what I was actually interested in. It it got harder. Like I don't even in this moment like I don't watch television at all. I listen to the same three songs over and over, <laughs> frequency music like so it was just harder to stay or to feel like I had to really be enthusiastic about things that didn't feel like they were of interest to me in that moment. Mm. So I took the leap um, almost almost five years ago. I started my business, Karma Bliss, and then um, the wellness kind of revolution really started happening and deepening in, in that time span. And now I take up space in a multitude of ways. But yeah, I just mostly underneath it all, I feel grateful for the opportunity to lead a really curious life. That's amazing. And I know that you're a mother too and you yes. have a little boy. How old is he? He will be three in May. What, a, like, what a lucky child. Right. to have a mom that's done so much work you know mm. and like I think for me and Mila too like we I think being a parent allows you this unique opportunity to kind of like do everything that do everything over like yeah. question the things that you grew up knowing and um, change that perspective mm. for your child give them like more space and more grace um, in so many ways whether that's you know yeah. In playtime, you know, play boys playing with Barbies and not being judged, or like little girls wearing crop tops and not like you know being yeah. sexualized. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or mom smoking weed and it not being the end of the motherfucking world. <laughs> <laughs> or just giving your child the gift of like taking a time out, identifying your feelings, and yeah. labeling your emotions, and like where our parents were like. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> right, right, You're fine. Right. You're okay. Right. Are you alive? <laughs> so it's like, what a gift yeah. to be able to have a mom that's aware and is doing the work and then offer that. Because I think that's, yeah, that has been a big part of our journey. Like, figuring ourselves out and then in turn being like, oh, shit, we have this huge responsibility to not only figure ourselves out, but figure it out as quickly as possible because we are an example to someone else yeah. who inevitably will have to be figuring it out in their 30s if we don't start doing the work now to so they can start doing the work now. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that, yeah. And it's like, you know what feels so good being a parent and like parenting with such thoughtfulness and such consideration? It's like every time we extend that kind of grace and dignity and unconditional love to our kid, we're just feeding it right back to ourselves. It's instantly filling our own hearts and healing wounds from childhood or giving us permission to like expand into the fullest versions that we are right now, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's wild. Like before I had a child, I, I legitimately used to think people over exaggerated about how much they love their kids. Me you know too. what I mean? Like, like, okay, we I'm get like, it. Oh my god. They'd be like, that my kid is my world. And I'd be like, <laughs> I get it. You gave birth. It's a child. And now I'm like, oh my god, this is the deepest thing in life. Right. Like, oh my god. It's the greatest kid, <laughs> my sacred child. Like, 
obsessed with could, being a mother. I know. <laughs> could cry at the drop of the dime. I'm I know. Like, at the I'm beach, like, she's I'm like, I'm like, right now. I'm literally. Like, well, she's so free. She's looking at her ghost. She's frolicking in the sand. <laughs> my, like, yes. my eyes are watering now thinking about it. I know. <laughs> I love her so yeah. much. Oh. And see, you know what was like the greatest gift for me in being a mom? I feel like it healed when you stay open to it because motherhood is also one of the most triggering experiences you will ever have in your Ooh, life. Say like again. <laughs> you feel judged by your child. Like, Oof. you know, like if your kid is mad at you or doesn't want kisses, it's me. What's wrong with me? You feel you judged know? by yourself. You feel judged by <laughs> you yourself. You feel judged by your own parents. Yes. The you know? guilt, you know, it's like oh, God. Everyone is running to check on you with you're pregnant, and then the second the baby is here, <laughs> like, my organs are still all over the place. Like, but you're doing it wrong. You're still doing it wrong. And they're like, "Oh, but how's the baby? Why aren't you doing more for the baby? Wait, where is she? You're where, and she's where? Why aren't you together? Like, it is so. It's oh god, so many things. But two, it's like like my child looks exactly like me, right? Like my son, we have the exact stole same face. face. Stole my whole face. <laughs> And it's interesting because through loving him, especially as a newborn, I was able to love myself more deeply. Mm. Like it really brought forward for me all any any like dormant againstness I had for myself. Any feelings of not being in full acceptance of myself bounced off him. It's like even the small things that we might see in our faces and be like, oh, I don't like that about me. I see it in his face and I'm like, this is the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to be reflecting this same kind of energy back to myself. I have to love me the same way that I love him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I love that. It's so true. It does it does tap into those dormant parts of yourself that oh my like God. you are like maybe ignored or maybe didn't even realize we're there. And you're like, oh shit, yeah. That's that's not healed. <laughs> it, yeah. it also gives you the opportunity, like I've said this before, but when you would do anything for your child and you know they, they, they mess up or they fall down and you encourage them and you're there to their every every you know beck and call and then it, it, it dawned on me like I have to I have the mother myself. Mm-hmm. I have the mother I have to attend to myself the way I attend to my child and like be as gracious and as gentle and like you're gonna fall down and you're gonna get back up and that's okay. And I think yeah. it's easy to apply that to when you're mothering a child because we're just we're innately we know to do that hopefully but (laughs) but we we forget to do that for ourselves and then we beat ourselves up so much and it's like a lot of us are just children (laughs) i feel like i'm a child all the time i'm like who the fuck gave me a human (laughs) i'm scared (laughs) i'm like oh no just to eat (laughs) she's six and i'm still like that's my daughter i'm like that's my daughter that's my daughter that's my daughter. <laughs> like practicing. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm a mother. That's my daughter. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds like us talking about boyfriends. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're like, I have a boyfriend. We have a boy. boyfriend. We don't have boyfriends anymore, but, <laughs> but when, that yeah, one time that when one we, time did, we did, we got together really strange time because that's how aligned we are. We got boyfriends at the same time. Pretty much broke up at the same time. Um, it was. It was like we had to practice saying that. I feel like that sometimes with Ari. I mean, I don't feel like I obviously I know I have a child and she's mine, but sometimes I look at her and I'm like. How are we here? 
we're here? We're still here? We're good? I'm not a teenager? Like, what? Yeah. yeah. And I think about, like, my younger self, and I was so adamant about never having kids. Like, I was... Did really? Not, yeah, like, I did not want kids at all. And it's so funny, I was having this conversation with my brother, because he was judging my parenting. And he was like, he was like, that's because you're too this and that. With Wait, which brother? My 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 21-year-old oh, brother. Oh, of course, of course. The one with no children. No, no <laughs> Neither no. one of my brothers no, had children. Right, no experience no. in it. Yeah. Um, and he was like, he was talking, it was her eating habits, because my daughter's eating habits, oh my god, they're just very annoying. She's just very <laughs> Erica's ashamed. She's very particular. We're making tiny progress, okay? But she had turkey pasta the other day. She didn't know it was in there, but she liked it, and it was, she ate it. Um, but he was just like, you're, you know, you're to this, you're to that. And I was like, one day when you have kids, you'll understand, okay? And he was like, I'm not having kids. I was like, mm. And that's what I said. And he's like, no, for real. And I was like, no, for real? That's what I said. Like, with that gusto behind it, too. Like, hell no. Um, and now, having one, obviously, I couldn't imagine not yeah. having one. And it just totally shifts so much in you and makes you have to tap into yourself. And I think that's what... I don't know if we wanted to do the tarot or we can do it at the end, but I think this is a good segue into what I wanted mm. to talk to you about, which was um, healing your inner child yeah, um, and how important it is and how it's it can be a lifelong journey. I don't know if there's Absolutely. just like this one switch that like just turns on and suddenly like all the traumas or all the things that you've encountered as a child are just, you know, they're healed. Yeah. Um, but it's something that I think it's important to tap into and check in on often. Mm -hmm. um, and I was listening to your episode um, about meeting your inner child. And I was listening and I totally connected to when you were saying that, like, you're the strong friend. Yeah. And that people lean on you. And, you know, you started you started about like valuing yourself by how much you could take. Oh, my how God. How much hurt you could take. Yeah. How much yeah. pain. And I was like, oh, my God. Like we do that. I mean, not just the strong friend, but like I women. Like women, in, in yeah. Like, it's yes. fine. I can. It's fine. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you know what? Like, you know what I think about all the time when it comes to that. It's like, who was the first man that hated women, and how did he train everyone else to, to, to yeah. his ways? Yeah. You know, it's like, what was the shift? Because women were always at the forefront of society and the forefront of households. We were the healers. We were the leaders. And then at some point, things shifted. And then all books were written with women in a diminished role or not mentioned at all, mm -hmm. you know. And all of a sudden, women became it's gotta, we these gotta, catch all. There's some research. Done. There's gotta be a, tra yeah. a trail back to this nigga, okay? Right. I need to Somebody know. Somebody broke this nigga's heart, and it's ne the world has never been the same <laughs> since. Look, we. Oh my god. Who the fuck is no. a Facebook group? <laughs> Alexander. Who was it? Who was it? <laughs> who the fuck did it? <laughs> Yo, I think about it all the time because, like, it, even in the little things. Like, and I'm one of those people that will like have an idea and then be like so committed to it and go down all the rabbit holes. But it's like little things, right? Like, like when even we think of like in Christianity how Mary Magdalene is referred to, mm. we're supposed to believe that she was a prostitute. That was never written or mentioned. She was one of Christ's disciples, mm. you know. And well, it's where did like that come from? in the six in the six hundreds or the I think it was like the early sixteen hundreds. One of the popes was giving an address and put one line in it that referred to her as like a woman of the night. <laughs> 
unsubstantiated. It was never in recorded history that this was truth. And then the men of the world ran with it. And ever since, that's been part of the belief system that that's who she was. It was like one guy started a rumor about a woman and then. Okay, well, we got that. We found him. Right. Now we got to track it back. Go backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I have no idea. That's so interesting. But it's like we think about the world. not shocking, actually. Yeah. I think there's a root of a lot of evil is at the root of a hurt man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a lot of evil that exists right now. And then right we all today. get saddled with this this idea of martyrdom being the basis of our value system, mm. you know? And it's like martyrdom is always self-sacrificing. It's never allowing help. It's taking pride in all of the ways in which you are, you know, considered um really considered just a tool in service to everyone else. You know, and it's like that somehow became the fabric of what the family structure in this country was supposed to look like, what women were supposed to look like. And it's like, nah, nah, not no more. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking on any of that mess. Like my love for myself comes first. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, I totally agree. And I do feel like there's like uh, I mean, I feel like throughout history, there have been times where women there's been like this renaissance happening. Right. And. I feel like right now there's a black renaissance happening. There's also yeah. like a renaissance of like female energy coming together and feeling more empowered and being able to say, no, nah, I don't believe that history, actually, sir. I don't, that doesn't sound about right. I rebuke you. Thank you. <laughs> sounds, I'm good. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> that doesn't, that's, that sounds, that's very off brand for me. That sounds about Pope the Sixth to me. I don't <laughs> <Right>. know. <laughs> I'm going to do some research and get back to you. <laughs> Oh my oh my goodness. It's true. It's true. I I I've been talking to this guy who's like has a lot of rules. And recently he was trying to like really really justify why um he should be able to like have a, a main woman and a wife and like also have concubines and like women on the side but like oh, his, his heart but his wife should not you know and I was just like <clears throat> he was going into science saying there's more women than there are men and like all these things and I was just like I respect that for you and I that is really that sounds really good for you I don't know if you'll ever find anyone who's going to be cool with those rules I mean I, I hear your science and all but it just doesn't um, it's not on brand for me. <laughs> yeah, like what's I'm like, in it for if, her? If I, I don't have concubines too. It's just not mm, the, the basic fairness in it all. Just doesn't add up. Like one plus one, just you know, equals two. Sounds a little sexist. <laughs> Sounds a little <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but it's just. I mean, I know that works for some people, and I'm not. You know, I I appreciate anybody who knows what they want. But I'm at the place finally in my life, hopefully forever. But that. That's not what I want, and you're yep. cool, and that's cool for you. And if you find someone who's aligned in that, great. But it's not me, you know. Like, and I'm cool being cool here, and we could s- stay here. But anything further, the concubines down the line is not going to work out. <laughs> but for so long, women just be like, okay, you know, whatever. You're going to love me. You're going to take me. You're going to provide. Okay. No, no, there will be no more meek ass okays. And like, it's okay to submit, but if it doesn't align for you, that's okay too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay to search yourself for what feels like the right thing for you and not be dictated to. Like, this is our one life as this version of ourselves. I've been here a million times, but this is my one life as this person, you right, know? Right. And it's like, that's the thing that I think is, is the most uh, ridiculous of what we were robbed of it's is the understanding that we always have choice 
As women, we always have choice and we have been trained and forced and pushed to believe that we're supposed to be waiting around to be chosen. And it's like, no, I do the choosing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do the choosing. I choose who I want. I also choose what my circumstance is gonna be. And at any moment, we can make another choice. There's never such a thing as like truly missed opportunity or missed ability to change your life. In every moment, there is choice. There'll be the parameters that come with that, you know, which sometimes can be quite challenging, but you always have the chance to recreate your life or recreate your partnership or recreate your parenthood. Yes, I agree. I agree. There's never a like, I think sometimes even women, they're like, who are maybe like in their 50s or in their late 40s or kids or teenagers, they're like, it's too late for me. And it's absolutely not. It's not too late. It's never too late. I don't care how old you are. There's always a time to check in with yourself and, 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 change the trajectory of your life or change your views or you know heal from your childhood or I feel like almost like attaching to something too deeply with like I think that's the issue we attach to our beliefs even and then we feel a we feel a responsibility to um keeping them up yeah to keep them up to always be that way to always agree with them to withhold like you know I'm a Christian I can't ever fucking be a Jew you know like I'm a a this well you could that's what I'm saying people have so much attachment to their beliefs that almost there's like a sense of embarrassment if you want to fucking change your mind but guess what you can change your mind. You can wake up every day and change your mind, no matter what it is, in love, in life, in parenthood. If it doesn't work for you, if it no longer serves you, you could peace out quickly. There's yeah. no obligation to always believe one thing, to always be one way. We are, in fact, like, if you don't change, if you don't evolve, if you, you're not growing, you know, you can't expect to be the same person who f- believes and feels the same way forever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, catch me next week. I might be a wife with three <laughs> concubines. Who knows? <laughs> I doubt that, but you know what I mean? It just like, we have such an attachment of, as women, what we're supposed to look like and fit so pretty into the, this perfect box and what that looks like. And sometimes that makes us lose a great sense of who we are. Yeah. And it could look different from woman to woman. Like me and Erica are crazy together, but we're also very different, you know? And I just, I, I, I want to celebrate the differences and the change and the evolution and the growth because I don't think women have had the opportunity to be in celebration of that enough. Yeah. I mean, we're the more powerful species. Obviously. You know, it's yes. like in, in many ways, you know, and I think that's that's really the greatest lie ever told. It, and that's probably why that first man, whoever he is, like, what would his name even be? You know, like. Asshole. <laughs> that's probably why he turned everybody against us back in the day, you yeah. know, but it's like we have to remember our personal power and that that has been the greatest tool of manipulation of women through history is leading women to believe that we are meek leading women to believe that we are in need of being led and that we're not the leaders mm-hmm. and that and that narrative starts so early um so you know you know obviously yes that is an amazing time for for women and us feeling more empowered and tracy back from Pope Six beyond. <laughs> but like as far as like, you know, healing your inner child, I think I think some people some people I think feel healed, right? Yeah. And but as an outsider look, I know I've met people they're like, I'm good. I'm healed. I healed from that. And I'm like, oh honey, I don't know you did. <laughs> yeah. Um 
maybe even including myself. I feel like sometimes I feel like I, I've healed from things and then it takes something, a triggering moment for me to be like, oh shit, you know? So what are some, what do you think are some signs that maybe yeah. you have some inner healing and child inner healing to go through? You know, I think in that, like, that's such a beautiful point about this, like, idea of, like, are we fully healed? Because what I think it really is, is in every moment, there's opportunity to deepen the healing, mm. you know? And it's like, it's so important to not look at it as like, oh, why am I getting so bothered by this? Like, I spent so much time, I thought I was healed. And it's like, you are, and you were, and you did diligent, beautiful work, which arrived you at this moment. Mm. The opportunity to get to an even deeper layer that is clearing you and cleansing you and giving you more personal power. You know, it's like some of some of the stuff that we are working through is very literally our life's curriculum. You know, so many of the situations that for us are like the deepest traumas or like the repeated patterns, it's there because that is actually the curriculum we signed up to know and to learn on, I believe, this adventure on earth that we chose to have. So there's always more healing available. And I think anybody that stands in, in a space of Againstness, like, no, I'm not willing to talk about that because I already healed it. That shows that there's charge, Mm. you know, and I think the way to investigate where your wounds are are to see what do I have charge about? What am I avoiding even in the tiniest ways, you Mm. know? And it's Mm -hmm. like the biggest gift is just being able to dive into it. Like, I get so excited when I have more shadow work to do. Mm. Like, if I if I find myself crying about something, I'll be like, oh. There's a gift in this for me. Okay, let's <laughs> sit in it. You know, like what, I get oh, that's excited. a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah, because it's like you know, it wouldn't be there if I didn't need to look at it. Mm-hmm. So how much time do I want to waste? Mm, right? right when it comes up, do I want to try to run from it? Do I? So the more I do that, the more it stays with me. Right? Mm-hmm. Versus, all right, you popped up for a reason. Divine timing. Let me sit down. Let me look at this. Let me explore it. Let me think about it. Um, And then once you decide to dive into it, it's so easy to dissolve. But I definitely think if we're, you know, the way that that inner child wounding shows up is is really everything, you (laughs) know, like it's really (laughs) everything, any level of toxicity in your life, any way that that shows itself. Typically, there's always a pathway and a trail that leads back to a very specific moment in childhood. And the reason that really those like inner child wounds sometimes are so deep and so hard to look at is because they really usually revolve around us in our most vulnerable space as a child. And then we take on judgment for how we responded as a child. And so it's like we're looking back at that same wounding with child eyes and child relatability and child charge inside of ourselves instead of saying, you know what, in this moment, I am a woman. I'm a grown woman. So let me look back on those childhood wounds through the lens of this adult who now better understands life. You know, like our wounding in childhood really stems from lack of experience and us attributing meaning to the things that happened to us with a very limited language and a very limited understanding of the world. So when we're coming in to repair and to heal and dissolve, we have to come to it with the rational understanding of this happened. I was a kid. I interpreted it as this, which then lent itself to me layering more and more on top of it. Or this stemmed from my parent. You know, a lot of wounding comes from our parents or the adults in our lives. And the reason it feels so hard to heal is because 
our parents are our first God, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like our family structure is our earth. We don't know that there's more world available to us. We definitely don't know how it works. So if we feel this conflict about our parents, it's almost like we're in conflict with God because mm-hmm. we're still looking at them through that lens. Mm-hmm. And so like being able to shed that is also, and I know this can feel really tender for people depending on what your parental experience was. There is a multitude of ways that you know people experience like deep hardship and the, the really the things that feel unmentionable about our lives sometimes at the hands of our parents um but it's really important that we're investigating that wounding or that timeline to do it from the space of an adult who is now equipped with more emotional language, is more equipped with like, what are the processes of being an adult? Mm-hmm. Things that, you know, sometimes we take personally as kids, it's like when we become adults, you're like, oh yeah, it, it wasn't because I wasn't wanted or neglected. like. My mom had to go to work, right, <laughs> you right, know, or right. like, or, you know, this happened or this circumstance, adult life is complicated mm. and the circumstance lent itself to me feeling like this. Mm-hmm. But if I look at it from the lens of what is true from an adult perspective, does it still have to hurt me? Mm. Is there opportunity for me to re-experience it, apply my understanding of now and give it some grace and give it some healing? Mm. Oh my God, that's so important. And I never even really looked at it that way as like putting Erica as an adult in those adults, like, and looking at it like, is that really what happened or like, you know? It's so crazy too, because even today I was met with something that was really triggering for me. And it is, it is, and I'm just listening to you now, I realize I correlated the two is that I was triggered today because there is a a healing that has to happen for me amongst me and like my stepfather, Mm. who like, and, and for me, and it's rooted in my relationship with my father, who me and my father didn't really have a relationship and he didn't show up for me in that way. Um, and it's different now, but we're more so friends than we are like fatherly, daughterly. Yeah. Um, and f- my stepdad never really took on the role of being my father, really. I think he didn't want to like he didn't he just kind of he didn't know how to he didn't know how to do it, you know, because and, and as a child, I was angry about that yeah. and upset by that and felt like, well, you should have tried harder. Who cares if I said you're not my dad? Like, you should have tried harder. Yeah, I'm a child. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, and today, like, we had an interaction that really triggered me, that irritated me, and it felt like he wasn't showing up for me again. And I was like, like, and, and it triggered me because my dad didn't show up for me, and like, you're supposed to be my other dad. Like, yeah. Um, and so today, I, I, for the first time ever, I messaged him, and I was like, we should probably talk. Mm. And like, I know that he'll never do that. Like he'll, he'll never reach out to me. So like as an adult, I'm the child, but I'm also, I'm an adult now. Yeah. And like, I don't want to have that experience anymore. I don't want to keep repeating this feeling because sometimes we're like in great spirits together. And then other times I'm like, what happened? Like, did I do something? Like, why are we here? Mm. Like, what's going on? Um, and it felt good to like, it, de- it, ha- it did feel good because I was feeling a lot of anxiety today. I was angry. And then I was like, I just need to like talk to him. Why don't I just talk to him? Because I'm because ang- I I wanted my dad to talk to me, and he and he kind of did, but not really. I wanted him to talk to me, and he's not. Yeah. But I'm an adult, so I can go to him and I can heal that part of me. Yeah. And even put myself as an adult in the shoes of myself then and our interaction then, 
and try to understand why he has chosen, why he did the, some of the things that he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just now, I mean, obviously it's today. It's like day one of embarking on this journey, hopefully with him and like healing, healing that. And hopefully it'll help heal parts of my relationship with my own father too. Yeah. But being able to like be adult about it is is something that, you just said that I didn't even realize I kind yeah. of applied today. So that's so, it's, first of all, like, alignment is so real. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here right now. I feel like I'm going to cry because I'm just like, wow, like, it's been, like, a long time coming in our in my relationship with the men in my life mm-hmm. because I haven't always felt safe and I haven't always felt like um, I could depend on them. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have, it doesn't have to be that way. Sometimes it's just a conversation that has to happen. So he feels like he's giving, giving permission to show up for me that way. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. It's, and it, you know what? And it's so like one, I just like really prize you for doing that. Cause it's so challenging. Like that's so challenging because it's also feels you know, there's a piece of you that feels like, why do I got to be the one to do this? Like, that's, and, that's kind of, and that's kind of like the stance yeah. I've always taken. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, that's not serving me. It's but hurting this me. this is so powerful. Like, yeah. this is the stance of, like, a really powerful, awakened person. And it's like, remembering our personal power is so important because we find ourselves, and this is just biologically how it works, how, like, the programming of our brain and our hearts really operates. With certain people, we will fall into a role that is not actually who we are mm-hmm. or how we show up in the world and that is especially true when it comes to family and family enmeshment like it's really it's like you could be killing it in a boardroom you could be leading in all these ways but you get home and it's like oh yes sir or okay or you no one listens to me or you know and it's like it's always beautiful opportunity for us to continue to anchor in the truth of who we are in this moment I think like I definitely have two thoughts around what you said you know um a piece that's powerful but really challenging and it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of practice. So anybody listening, it's okay if you don't get it the first try, the second, third, like it'll come with the practice. But as frustrating as it feels, especially if we've been wounded by the adults that knew us as children, it's so important to realize like adults are flawed like Mm. which we know now Mm. like we think about our our friends and their wounding we think about our wounding like adults are highly problematic but we were children (laughs) and we were viewing them as safety we were also trained to view them as that by television by film like every american ideal for family structure was built around this you know, two parent household, two parents and you were made in love and, you know, they wanted to have you and then they raised you and always put you at the forefront and they had a college plan available to you and the mom was on the PTA and the father provided and we have this white picket fence. And And if they they weren't safe and they unconditionally love us. Well, newsflash, that is not true for 98% of people living. Mm. But there are these like unicorns that have been crafted as a legend for which our family structure, it's created this comparable ideal forever. And it's not true for any of us. Like it really isn't. And when we give ourselves that freedom that none, almost none of us, you know, had that experience, it frees our hearts so deeply because it's the comparison that hurts. When we settle into the what is, this is the parent I was given, 
There is spiritual curriculum to that. What do I need to know about this? How is this meant to actually be a gift to me? You know, and it's hard because sometimes those gifts are so painful, you know, mm. and, and also a piece of it we don't speak to enough as adults now that we're in these mental health conversations. So many adults from our childhoods have personality disorders. Mm. They have <sighs> undiagnosed mental illness or personality disorders or complex post-traumatic stress or PTSD. They were they were barely surviving the things that happened to them. Mm. But they didn't have the language and they didn't they didn't have the resources that so many of us have now. It's right. like there are books now, there are groups now. I can open my Instagram. Like it cracks me up when I open Instagram on some of these psychology pages I follow. Cause I'm like, I spent $3,000 on that breakthrough over five <laughs> years. And today I get to scroll it and get the truth so simply. Like mm. we have things and we're having conversations that our parents never got to have either, mm. you know? And when we go down that like family tree, it's like, so many of our parents were in deep pain mm -hmm. and survived abuse. And for them, for some, for some of them, you know, it's like something we say right now that I said a lot that I had to really get more humble about was like, oh, I'm breaking the chains. I'm the ancestral freedom for my lineage. Like, you know, I am the person that came to earth at this time to heal my whole family line. And I think everyone thought they were doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like every, like some of the things that I have againstness about with my upbringing, it was literally a hundred times better than how my mom was raised, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, so for her, there was so much honor and so much thoughtfulness in what she thought was the parenting she never got. But to me, that parenting still felt flawed, mm. you know? And it's like, it's because we're each coming here with our individual recipe of what our needs are. We've ended Money March, but how has your financial planning manifestation been going? You know, it's been going okay. You know, I know credit card statements, debt can be super overwhelming. So overwhelming. Like, honestly. I avoid them. Crippling. <laughs> But you know what? Thanks to Upstart, it's been so easy and fast to pay off my debt with a personal loan. I did it all online in wow. five minutes. So it consolidates all of your credit cards and you can just pay one credit card bill instead of having multiples? Yeah. I mean, whether you're consolidating high interest debt or funding personal expenses, over a half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment, including your girl. That's amazing because sometimes it gives me anxiety to see so many credit card bills. So just having one would eliminate so much of my anxiety. Exactly. And as after this month of Money March. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I just need simple solutions. So Upstart has been that. That's amazing. I'm going to have to go check that out. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to Upstart.com slash choices. That's Upstart.com slash choices. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application, which only takes five minutes. Go to upstart.com slash choices. Go take the five minutes and apply now because you can get funds early as one business day after you apply. That's right. One business day and you'll get your funds. So go to upstart.com slash choices right now. You're welcome. And people are. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm always That also makes me so it. scared to be a parent. I know. I <laughs> and know. It also makes me so scared because I, 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 I I am. I feel like I'm. Sh- I'm showing. I'm showing her all these new things. And what if she grows up and is like, not enough, mom? Like, I mean, think like, she will. I, I, she hate will. To, I hate I to break know, it to you. I, I think. Know. I think that's the thing. Is like we. It is unavoidable to fuck up. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is like we're not perfect. This is not perfect. And I think like there's no instruction book when you're handed a baby. It's almost like. <gasps> It's the most shocking shit you'll ever do. Like you said, you're pregnant, everyone's so nice to you, and then they send your ass home, and you're like, (laughs) help, you know? And I just feel like, and it's something I'm sure we've all had to deal with, like you're about to come to tears talking about a conversation you had with your stepdad, and it just reminds me, like, there has been several, there's been a lot of pivotal points in my adulthood where I had to, like, look at myself and look at my parents and accept that they are just people. They are children. They are all, they're healing, they're working through it and like had to really come to that anger and that frustration and that sadness, that shit, you know, like like there would be times I would just get in a conversation, they want to talk to me and I want to cry. 
I'm like, bitch, you're 30 years old. Why are you about to cry? <laughs> because it's such a sensitive topic. And it's unhealed. It's unhealed yeah. because it's so easy to just be that teenage, hurt, yeah. wounded, not heard girl yes. again, you know? And to be f- pissed and frustrated and like, fuck, you should know this. Yeah. Like, you're fucking up. You know, you're talking shit to me, but you're fucking up because I feel like that, you know what I mean? And just taking, having the grace to say, oh my God, like, my mom is just a child she's just yeah. a little girl she's still figuring it out she's still so hurt yeah. you know like she's yeah. blamed things like because she misses her mom like she's she's a human person you know and yeah. it, it's taken a lot of those conversations with myself even in like my adulthood and evolving and trying to grow and then looking at my parents and like oh my god you guys are fucking teenagers <laughs> um but i think a part of it is is like we have to accept that there's no part of our parenting that's perfect mm-hmm. we are imperfect people so and it's by design it, right because you know? yeah. like you said i liked what you i love what you said about uh the curriculum of life yeah every fucking single experience every interaction every relationship including family are as a part of the curriculum of life like i do believe that we choose our parents and i know like some people mm-hmm. don't want to hear that but there are lessons in that those those relationships closest to you that you have to heal and learn and figure out and I'm still figuring it out you know accepting people and like are my parents as as who they are and I think one of the biggest things I've tried to apply because lord knows I may not be doing this parenting thing completely right because I'm a little crazy but like it's just letting my daughter see me vulnerable Mm -hmm. letting her know like I don't have all the answers like letting her know I messed up. I'm I'm sad. Like the other day, I cried and she's right here. I cried. <laughs> I cried in front of Luna, and she was like, "Why are you crying?" And I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, just yeah. hug me. Yeah. <laughs> hug me. You know what I mean?" But like, I don't. I, and I, I've, I've seen my my mom cry, and there were things, but just. Sometimes it just takes being vocal and being vulnerable, and even if your kid is six, you know. And I think I think our parents thought that was deeply traumatizing to not let your kid know that you didn't have everything all yeah. together. Yeah, it was like everything's fine, everything's fine. The yeah. bills are paid. I'm I'm so happy. You're like no, <laughs> yeah. you're not. You're about to lose your shit. <laughs> Everybody was so hyper vigilant because even that is such a layered experience. It's like for us, it would be like why mom were you not just more vulnerable with me Mm -hmm. and then it's like for a mom of that generation especially a woman of color you were pushed into this this unwanted role of forced resilience all the time like society didn't give a shit about what you were walking through so you probably not only didn't even vocalize it outside of yourself to anyone because you knew it wouldn't matter and wouldn't change but you didn't even vocalize it to yourself so the ability to be vulnerable it's not even a possibility. It's not even you. you don't even recognize it in yourself, let alone expressing it to yeah. someone else. And I, I experience that now. Like, oh, Erica, I'm like you're not okay. I'm like, maybe, maybe you're right. <laughs> you know, like you don't even realize that you're not okay until you've given yourself the grace to say it to yourself out loud. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's such a powerful thing. Like in, in, in exploring the inner child is like first you have to identify that those that that those wounds even exist. And then you have to dig back into your your deep subconscious about exactly the moment and experiences yeah. and interactions that you've had that contributed to how you act out in, in adulthood. Because I've ex- I, I was listening to your podcast. I've experienced a lot of ways like drinking. You know, I've, I've spent a lot of my 20s and now like excessively drinking or like unnecessary 
unnecessary sex and unnecessary relationships and toxic love and just feeling comforted by that toxicity because I'm yeah. actively avoiding dealing with my fucking self, you know, because I, that that hurts too much. Well, and if toxicity is our normal, we're just craving home, you know, like we're just craving that same dynamic that we were so used to and that was the foundation of our being. So it's like even sometimes when we want more for ourselves, we continue these loops and these patterns because that is what was illustrated as safety to us. Trauma bonds. I just really learned that like the last few years because I was backstepping and backstepping and backstepping with my BD. Luna. Go play. Bye. Go. All my business. (laughs) Um, And backstepping and then like just these toxic cycles of such pain but I was literally putting myself in the position actively raising my hand to get there and it's like it took me a long time to realize like and and I would even notice when I would when things would start to feel panicked in my regular life even if they were already like high stressed I would seek that even Mm -hmm. though if it heightened it would heighten the the discomfort my sadness but I saw that with my parents I saw my parents have toxic relationships my entire life yelling and screaming and acting crazy and coming and going and so I saw myself attached to that in my adulthood and and in in ways that the relationships mirrored so much it scared the shit out of me you know but I was actively doing it to myself and then getting so mad at myself because A, I know the results. B, you keep doing it. B, you keep doing it. You keep doing it. You keep doing it. And then finding some weird, sick comfort in it. And then even to the point where my my closest friends were like, there's something wrong with you. We're concerned. You're sick. Like, and then like, like we're really concerned because you keep saying this and doing that. And I was getting so fucking mad because I know that. And I was telling like, yeah. you don't think I know? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. do you yeah. think it's that easy? And like, and, and, and actively finding the words to try and like justify it, but yeah. not, and then trying to explain to my friends who I've known a long time, like, you don't think I know, you don't think I'm working on it. And like, I don't need this shit from you right now, you know? But it's, it's, it's a crazy, realization of self to be like I'm inflicting pain on myself because it's comforting to me well it's like it's like nostalgia right like we like get excited when we hear a 90s R&B record or something because it puts us into that place and that's nostalgia with like an upbeat flavor it's like oh my god they don't make music like this anymore (laughs) this is my jam but it's the same thing with some of our our toxic family traits it's like you have a longing for it sometimes you know it really there is this nostalgia of wanting to recreate what you knew as a child and it's like in moments like that you know part of like the reparenting dynamic that's so important like Reparenting yourself is treating yourself how you wish you were treated as a child. Mm. It's talking to yourself with kindness. And so often when we're feeling frustrated with ourselves from like where we're at with growth, it's like, come on, get it together. You know better. Like, come on. And it's like, you have to do the opposite to you anytime you feel like you're recreating chaos or you're finding yourself in crisis. It's literally about like, oh, baby, you're hurting take a breath imagining yourself as a child like speak to yourself the way you would any three-year-old on the street mm. not even your own child if I see any three-year-old on the street I'm like oh look at the baby <laughs> you know and I'm like hi oh gosh you're so smart hi beautiful like 
it's giving yourself that same kind of nourishment and parental guidance to that little you that's still inside. And, you know, that's how we heal. It's through the kindness. It's through the grace. It's through the patience with ourselves as a child. And it's not through the get it together. You should know this. Come on. All right. Like go to therapy. Talk. Da, 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 da. It's like Hurry it's up. the tenderness. Mm-hmm. It's the slowness. And if it takes your whole life, that's okay. That's all we're here for anyway. Right, right. We're just here to experience and to learn and to grow and transcend. So if you need to take your time, take it, but do it with tenderness. When I was listening to your podcast, you had mentioned that, uh, first of all, you said something that was, um, or I guess you had asked a therapist or someone you were speaking with, you'd said, uh, why is... Why is like finding wholeness the fight of our life in adulthood? <laughs> Girl. Like, why is finding wholeness the fight of our life in our adulthood? And I told Mila, I was like, oh my God, is that what our whole podcast is about? Is like finding our wholeness? And I was like, kind of. And it does feel like, oftentimes, it does feel like the fight of your life. Yeah. And I think she said a child has to blame or else she'll go insane. Oh my God. That was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, dang. When, when you said that, a yeah. child has to blame or else she'll go insane. I was like, wow. And now having a child and her always, like when something goes wrong, you like, she did it. You did it. You did it. And I'm like, yeah. girl, you're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. Like, why yeah. are we blaming someone right now? Yeah. Um, I thought that was so interesting. It's so like, and it, it's also so sad, you know? Yeah, um, <laughs> no, it is. It is. Yeah. You know, I, so I, you know, off and on, I've gone to therapy over the years. I, I do think like cognitive therapy is phenomenal and it gives you language and it gives you structure to your experience, but we have to add in like somatic experiencing to really be in the healing or to like dissolve the trauma. We have to love the trauma. We can't just give it language and understand, oh, I act this way because this happened to me. It's like, okay, now that I can understand that, how can I bring that intellectualization down into my heart so I can actually live as the person I want to be, that I really am. And so, so Sometimes, like, uh, I have this one phenomenal psychologist. Sometimes I just, like, so I do a lot of healing work on myself, but I also do a lot of healing education for myself. Like, over the last 10 years, I've probably gotten, like, an Ivy League education in different healing modalities. (laughs) So sometimes I'm, like, the weirdo that books time with a leading psychologist to ask them questions that aren't necessarily about me. But I'll be like, how? this work in the brain or why does this happen or why do kids do this you know um, I'm really really freaking curious so I you know when I when I study trauma and I study the barriers that we put up against our own healing the common denominator for all of us is this under underlying feeling of being unworthy or being worthless. That is where I feel that 100% of all of our trauma really sinks into. And also experiences lend itself to that. Certain experiences happen that we interpret as being judgments against us or wrongness about us. So I was asking her, I said, you know, why is it that everything always comes down to us not really thinking we're worthy or us really loving ourselves. And she said, you know, when you're a kid, she said this phrase to me that just that you share that just like it rocked my soul. It was, you know, well, a child has to blame or else it will go insane. And she said, you know, biologically, neurologically, the way your mind works as a young person is that like you don't have 
context for anything. You don't have language for hardly anything and you don't have life experience. And so everything about our experience is crafted by how we understand our caregivers. Mm -hmm. So if our caregivers, who we now come to understand as adults, are these problematic, flawed adults, <laughs> like we are and like we know. Oh my God, look, I can't wait to call my mom problematic. <laughs> She's gonna be pissed. <laughs> mom, you were a problematic caregiver. You did your best, I love you, you did but great. it was problematic. Debbie said that. <laughs> okay, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Dad. <laughs> it's problematic. Stepfather. When I go when, well, when I go talk to my stepfather, so listen, I a know relationship. <laughs> you're a problematic adult. <laughs> and, and I am too. And also you were a wounded child. Uh, right. Too, yeah. you know, yeah. like you were a wounded child and you wounded me. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, what it is. But you know, the process mm. of like a child blaming or it will go insane is really found in that the way a child processes, it has to give meaning because it's craving to understand its experience, it's craving to build its structures. And so for a young person, it's not even conceivable to you that the problem is your parent or the problem is your family system or the problem is your home. If that were to occur to you, it would put you into a fight or flight that is not survivable. Like if your parent is God, if your home is really your earth and something is wrong with that, and you're also very clear that you cannot care for yourself, if you were to find fault in that system, it would send you spiraling. Who would care for you as a kid? You would probably give yourself a heart attack from being in fight or flight constantly. So you have to think it's you. You have to think that it's something wrong with you, and then you commit yourself to this path of being better, of earning love, of you know trying to get the attention or trying to get into a safe space with your parents or with your family so that you can feel the love, so that you can feel safe, which then leads you usually on this lifetime journey of on the far end of the spectrum, either becoming a sociopath and oh, a full-on narcissist or becoming a really really committed people pleaser people pleaser i was going to say that sounds yeah. like a, that sounds like the recipe for a people pleaser who's in fear of losing love mm. who's in fear of losing safety who's in fear of losing self and you know either side of that is not necessarily anyone's fault um, but they are interesting things to look at as we heal ourselves you know what is me and what is like this false programming that i can let go of Mm. Like defense mechanisms, almost yeah. that we've we've become accustomed to and innate to. That like someone, if certain reactions in adulthood start to make you react different ways. Um, there was something else you said. Cause I think everyone has childhood trauma. There's no yes. one's no one's fucking missing it, you know. <laughs> um, but I think, and it's hard. You think about your entire childhood, and it's hard to go like pinpoint certain moments. It almost takes you like kind of like really getting into that space and really committing to deep diving into your memory about what you remember, conversations, all those experiences. Because I think also with children and with childhood is we, um, I know I have been able to block things out. It's mm -hmm. like our response to trauma is like, I can forget some shit quickly. Mm. Like, don't mention it again. I'm going to forget now, okay? Mm -hmm. um, but like actual tangible tools and ways to to go and start the process. So a, a friend of mine told me recently like getting into fetal position and like thinking of those things. And then I, I know I heard in your podcast about like 
pulling up a picture of you in a certain age that you weren't comfortable with. And it's so funny that you yeah. said that because Oof. I was scrolling through my phone like last night or the other night and you know, the phone be having like years and years of shit you didn't ask for. And I was just like scrolling. I was like, huh, whoo, whoo, wow. Things have changed, thank God. But you know, like all these pictures were kind of yeah. triggering of like places I was, yeah. like in, in certain relationships, how I was feeling in Literally, those times. Literally Facebook memories is the worst thing Facebook ever did to humanity. <laughs> I mean, and now the phone just does They're it. They're good. Now, have you noticed that iPhones are the now iPhones just reminding create you, you of, they'll create a whole album, album that you didn't fucking, triggering that you didn't fucking ask for. I'm like, that really? so funny. <laughs> like, I see that me my so baby dad. Daddy on the beach. I'm like, nobody asked for this shit. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't ask for this goddamn memory. <laughs> I, I was there, nigga. I didn't need this. I took the picture. Don't be pulling shit up I didn't ask for, Siri. Yo, Siri. Shut the fuck up. Cut the shit. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> but it just, it just, it, you know... Even fuck, even childhood. This last year, bitch, I was looking at pictures from the last, the 2020. I was like, I'm a whole different person. Yeah, I've 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 come so far. Wow, you know what I mean. But just like giving yourself permission to dig and dive into those places, like I don't think sometimes we have the tools to where to begin. It's yeah. so it's so hurtful. It hurts so bad. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've locked those doors. I've cemented it. <laughs> like, yeah. Know? So what are some tools, like some beginner step tools for people that are like, I don't even know where to start with this healing. Yeah. Love it. It's actually it's actually so simple, but it takes practice to feel comfortable with it. It's really being able to look at the work you need to do with joyful curiosity or at least like deep interest. You know, it's like when something comes up for me now, like if there is a piece of shadow work that I have to do, it's it's really about like, oh, what is this? Why do I feel that right now? Am I jealous? Am I angry? What has charged? Why does it feel that way? Instead of like, oh, I'm so angry right now, or God, you know, like people always do this, and I'm just so, instead of leaning into that as the way that you're processing what you're feeling, coming into it from more of a neutral space allows there to be like rapid fire healing. Like I can't even stress that enough. Like the healing comes so fast when you come more into a space of neutrality mm -hmm. about your journey and come more into a space of just like really deep interest and curiosity as if you were walking a dear friend through their process, you know, like well, what, ha well, what comes up for you when you say that? Or, you know, what did something happen that lent itself to that? Like you're in the role of like journalists and women. We are natural, inherent psychologists, journalists, and detectives. Mm, sure. Yet we don't apply that same ability that is a refined skill. <laughs> we don't apply that to our own process of self. Mm. And it's like if we gave it that same level of diligence, that same level of like creative introspection and that same curiosity, like we can free ourselves so much faster with ease, with ease and joy. Like healing does not have to come through all of the, the nights on your knees and tears or the yelling into your pillow or the taking the drives. Like healing can come through the tiny moments, the twinkle of an eye, the joy, the, the, the self-inquiry question, you know, it can come through the one time that you decide to say no, and then that starts to build up your ability to say it more and more when you want to and really investigate. But it's the, the secret is the curiosity. Like I treat myself with deep curiosity for my needs, for my joys. Like, hmm, what am I craving today? Like, what could I use to smile today? What would feel good for me? Mm. Okay, let me do that. To then, oh wow, I feel really defeated today. <sighs> okay. What's coming up? What do I feel? 
Where in my body do I feel it? It's in my heart. Okay, that feels like grief. <sighs> what am I experiencing right now? What's here? You know, and just being willing be with yourself. And that's what we avoid. You know, I think we get through life without realizing all the tools of avoidance we have for ourselves. Mm. And we avoid ourselves with a packed schedule. We avoid ourselves with friendships, with fun, with perceived happiness. Like we can find, we can turn anything into a tool of avoidance. Mm. Ooh, you know? girl. Easy. Say that shit again. <laughs> anything. And so it's so important to really create those moments where we're just with us. Like go see Stare at yourself in the eyes in the mirror with your face two inches away from the mirror. Light a candle and do that for a minute and see what happens, <laughs> you know? For real. For like, real. it's really... How uncomfortable do you get? For real. Yeah. Eye contact, period, is some shit. It is really some shit, especially with yourself. It's crazy yeah. that you said that. I, I had an acting like uh, exercise with a stranger in an acting class randomly, and the exercise was for us to stare at each other in each other's eyes for two minutes. Mm. And I was... I get awkward. I can like someone can yell at me or say me some tell me something sensitive and I'll like smirk. So I can avoid very easily. But this girl started to cry and yeah. I was like I embraced her and I was like, God damn, like that's first of all, is this acting class or is this fucking therapy? Both. So, so yeah. both. But second of all, like damn. Yeah. That is like she saw me seeing her and it made her very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And like sometimes I will I'll catch myself in the bathroom, I'll try and tell myself things, but I'm like, oh wow, I haven't looked at you in a while. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's like this deep And you know what you just said in the acting class that's so beautiful because like in in like the mindfulness world in like retreating systems and workshops, what you did is actually a really powerful tool for meeting yourself and it's called soul gazing. Mm. And so it's like I've been I've been at retreats before where I got in a line outside with two hundred people and we each spent a minute staring into each other's eyes. Like spent the whole afternoon. What? all walks of life so you're seeing every kind of face and every kind of eye and I remember the very first time I did it I was like I I could see like every person I would look in their eye for for that time span I would literally just say to them you are whole you are worthy like with my mind mm. and I would extend that same feeling to myself and you know I've cried or the people in front of me would cry because we don't realize how often we're not even getting enough touch, let alone enough eye contact, especially now in quarantine. Like, you know, for those that have been inside or having like really limited access to people, it's like something like holding your friend's hand. Like me and my best girlfriend, she came to hang out um, with me and my son for a few days. And she's uh, like, whenever she comes over, we spend a few days together. You know, which is like rare. Like we're both busy, so we rarely get to do it. But when we do, it's like let's have a sleepover for three days. Right, and like she'll that. come over, spend time with the baby. We'll wake up, have coffee together. Sometimes her and I just sit on the couch and we'll hold hands watching something. You know what I mean? And it's like that's my friend. Like really, just my friend. Mm -hmm. right. um, but you know, it's like it's giving people you care about those moments of intimacy, that deepening. You know, mm -hmm. looking at someone in their eyes, like it. That's such a gift for you and them. And I think I think that I, the longer we've been friends with people, and the longer people are around us, we forget to do that. Yeah. Because I remember, like, the, like obviously, I mean, Erica and are the closest people that ever existed in fucking human friendship. <laughs> um, and but like in the beginning, like the first, me and Erica have only really been best friends for three years. But in the first like year or two of our relationship, even now, because she wasn't my friend that I had been f super comfortable with for years and years and years, she would just touch me and like mm -hmm. rub my shoulder and be like, "You don't seem okay," and I would just like 
jar me mm. because I wasn't used to that. You know, and you feel so close to people, but sometimes you get so close to people that you are not close. You know, you forget to yeah. offer them the courtesy of just like the things oh, you would touch, yeah. you know, of cuddling, of love, and just like those little things of her like reminding me, yeah. even like when she apologizes to me, I'm like, oh, well, damn, were my feelings hurt? You know what I mean? Like they yeah. weren't, but maybe they were, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because we forget that gentleness, we forget that like that, that kindness to be to the people we've known the longest, our moms, our parents, yeah. you know? Like I'm like as a friend, I am a kissy, huggy. Like come here, give me your face. Wait, when's your birthday? I feel like your birthday's in the close to mine. I just read this, June nineteenth. My birthday is June eighteenth. Yeah, okay, mine's June twenty second. Cancer. She's in the no. I'm a Gemini. Oh, Gemini. I'm a double Gemini with a Leo rising. I'm a Leo rising too. But Ah. that Gemini cusp is crazy. Oh, I love being a Leo rising. Oh, okay. So I want to ask some more questions. I know we've been talking a lot, but we had this question and I don't know if you have any more questions. Oh, I was going to actually ask that question. Okay. Yeah. So we have a question in our DMs for you and I... Do you want me to read it or... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I'm nervous. Yeah, we had a, a question. Um, actually, this is from Tori, who I love. She's I love always, you, yeah. She's always... It's like a young, cool ass, listening, smart, yeah, artistic. Shout out to, Co- to Tori. Yeah, she's dope. Um... She said, I'd love to hear her approach to breath work and how she ritualizes it throughout her day. But before you start, I want to say, when I put my two cents, is that (laughs) I I recently went to Mexico. I told everyone, I'm going to tell everyone again. Um, I was with, like, my hippie friends, and I was there What part of Mexico? Um, we went, I was in Zac, it was like right outside of Cabo called Zacaritas. Oh, okay. No, not Zacaritas. Todos that's, Santos. N- total, no, it Todos was. Todos Santos? Um, I love Todos Santos. Todos Santos, yeah. Yes. And we did acid. So all, all those things you were saying, like one drop of this, one drop of kindness, like one drop of acid <laughs> heals everything. Um, but a lot of it, like the first week of being there, they're just like cool, hippie, burning man people. And we're just doing a lot of like. <sighs> yeah. A lot of moaning, a lot of looking at beautiful, yeah, a lot of beautiful sightseeing, just like a lot of touching, like yeah, a lot of body work and getting in my body. That was, and I didn't know it was my jam, girl. I didn't know. I was just following my the white people. You were eating fruits. I I was eating fruits and moaning, seeing sunsets, waking up early. I was just like. Stretching naked, dancing naked around the house. Yes. Like, we were having oh, like that's this my jam. energetic intimacy, just being comfortable, just being vulnerable because I feel like we don't give ourselves the permission to do that a lot. Yeah. And so, days later, when we did this acid trip and we put intention into the acid, I had this like life changing experience. And so, what I've taken from that is that experience, but very much, I don't give a fuck where I'm at and who I'm with. I'll be like fucking Uber, like, yep. Mm, <laughs> join me. You want to join? Yeah, you're yeah. having a hard day. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that feel pleasure? Yeah, I'm like, don't you feel good? And I do uh. a lot of weird stares, but also I feel like there's fucking, I mean, obviously I have a podcast, so there's there's power and frequencies and voice. Like, yeah. we, we, put our, we put our words out and those frequencies go forever until they bounce off of nothing, you know, into the universe. So I just... Based on Tori's yeah. question, like how, do, what was the question again? The question was, how, uh, she'd love to hear your approach to breath work and how yeah. you ritualize it throughout your day. You know what, for me, everything is literally sacred. Like every single thing about my day is a ritual or an offering to God in some way. Like I feel like, I feel like I'm building a life for myself that my life is the altar for God, you know? And it's like with breath work, that is a piece of, it's just a natural piece of everything. Like I'm always stopping, much like you just described, to take a moment to breathe, to take a moment to center. Like yesterday I was on 
not like my work day is typically, and this is going to sound crazy considering I work in well-being, but my day is 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. every day, every single day without fail. And moms I know can definitely relate to that, you know, and it's a lot. And but I managed to get a lot of great solid sleep. And I was like, how am I how am I functioning? And it's really because if I have 10 minutes of each hour, I'll use it for myself and I'll go outside and I'll ground and I'll I'll just focus on my breathing. And for me, like the hand placements that feel really good, it's like one over my heart chakra, one over my sacral and just really taking time to like feel my heartbeat, connect to my womb, my creativity center and just take that big deep breath in through your nose and I usually do a lot of the soul um, the slower breathing or like the lion's breath where you're taking in a big breath through inhale through your nose really big filling your lungs like they're gorgeous balloons just expanding holding the breath for a moment and then like letting it come out and just doing that repeatedly and really noticing myself and my body and even like wiggling and how do I feel and what feels good, you know, Mm -hmm. and like letting your eyes kind of hang a little lower and go with the natural movements of your body. And, and then sometimes I like to like do one like deep journey a week. So like last night I did a two hour breathwork journey and it was, it was more intense. It was definitely the for two hours and then like everything started tingling and I might've like, you know, levitated for a second. I don't even know what happened, but (laughs) (laughs) I went somewhere. Really, really fucking enjoy my own company. Like I am such a great friend to me. Like I really like having moments to just spend with myself and there not be any comparison, there not be any, like I can, I can honest to God find joy in absolutely anything and feel connected to it. So that's kind of the way that I, I use my practice throughout the day, but also like if I enter a room in my house, I light an incense. Before I walk into my office, I do a prayer in the room, I light an incense, I light certain candles, I call in, you know, certain energies to just aid me and that's a part of every single day and of every process. If I run myself a bath, I do Reiki over the water and like say a prayer that the water rejuvenates me and then I get in and you know, it's like there, I feel like there's always opportunity to turn something into like a moment, not just for growth. Like I, we can't get too focused on what, how we're growing, what we're growing, how we're healing. Sometimes it's like, let me relax into the pure joy of what is in this moment and exactly the version of myself who I am in this moment. I know I'm looking to potentially refine or chisel in this way and in this way, but I can also love the shit out of her right now as is. Mm -hmm. I can also love how she's showing up to herself even when she hasn't figured out this tool yet. Mm -hmm. You know, I can still celebrate the process. So that's kind of like the way, the way that I move, but definitely I I introduce breath to everything. Um, I introduce Reiki to everything. Um, I find ways to do both in every part of my day. That's amazing. That's amazing. I've seen the breath work that you've done on on social and on following you on social and on Mila's really inspired me to I mean I've I've always incorporated breath but like honestly like I feel like there has been even sort of like um don't breathe too loud. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Like, That's weird. You're acting mm-hmm. weird. Like, you're not on rhythm. Like, why are you just dancing for no reason? Chill out. Like, you're being weird. Oh, my. Don't breathe too loud. Like, don't make us all moan right now. Don't like, do even it. like when Stop. you go into yoga class and you hear that one person that's like, ah. Yeah, and you're, you're like, like, shut up. It's it's always always like, like, so dramatic. So extra. Now it's, it's me. Like they're having the best class we ever. get it. You know the posture. <laughs> right. Like, relax. Yeah. But I get, but like, no, it's really, it really has helped me. So thank you, Mila. And I'm so glad, I'm so happy that we have reconnected. I know. And you live in the valley, so now I'm not. You're not gonna get rid of me. I'm We're gonna like damn near. I'm coming over to your house. I just want you to know, me and Erica <laughs> bring the thing. Are we bringing it? <laughs> me and Erica recruit all of our guests to be our best friends in three way in three way group text. So I'm your, your our birthdays are three days apart. We're best friends now. We let's both like to dance, moan. Let's smoke. Yes. Let's moan. Yes. Let's, yes. let's yes. dance like ground naked in the backyard. Let the kids oh run God. free. Oh, I'm great. about that life. Absolutely. Put intention into our water together. <laughs> Same. And I'm only available for people like this in my life. Like, Period. Period. The girls that say that shit again. The gift of like being this version of me in the pandemic. It's just like, I there's no time to be wasted. None. None. I want only people near me that we want to be naked together sometimes. Yeah, hold my hand. Like, can, I, can we cry? Can you hold me? Can we hold each other? <laughs> Let's hold each let, And you know what you said, too, and I know we're ending. Sorry not to drag no, it on. No, but okay. like when we were talking about like um, like how breath work shows up or like making sounds. Like last night after I did that, that two-hour journey, I went and I took a shower and I just started making crazy sounds in the shower. Perceived crazy, it's not crazy. But I was just like, what would this sound sound like? And I was like, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. <laughs> you know? And then yeah. I was like, rah, rah. And then I just started making any sound that came to mm-hmm. me. And it's like, doing that, it creates like such a freedom and a spaciousness in you. Like, create with your breath. Like, make sounds. What's inside of you that wants to come, come out? out? Like, Kids give it do space. It. Yes. Kids, Kids do it. We forgot. Child. Kids do that shit all day. They do weird shit all day long. My daughter is a fucking weirdo. I fucking <laughs> love her. Yeah. Showing me shit. Like, look, mom. I'm like, what the fuck? That's oh, great, honey. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, just, I was like, I, lately my daughter's been taking showers alone, which has been wonderful. Like, like we've found. We've gotten to this new ritual of like every morning you take a shower, okay? Like sometimes we'll skip a day, and I'm like, you know what? No, we're not skipping no more days. And so she has been really enjoying it by herself, and I hear her in there making all types of sounds oh, yeah. and shit, Aww. singing. Like water is she's therapeutic. Like, there's, there's some yeah. like there's just ancient like healing because Luna does the same thing. She'll get in there even as a young kid. Like she was in there Little forever. Mermaid. I had to get yes. her out. I'm like every morning. I'm like, oh babe, it's been 30 minutes. There's deep healing in water. That's why, and the yeah. kids be knowing, girl. The kids. Yeah, be knowing. Yeah. The primitive yeah. things in you that want to come out, it's okay to give you permission mm-hmm. to let them out. So, mm-hmm. Debbie, can you tell our, our people where they can find you? Yes. Hit me on the gram, all my channels, and my website is just Debbie Brown. So, um, D E V I, Debbie, Debbie Brown on IG. You hit my link in bio, it leads you to all the places and all the things. Awesome. And you guys know where to find us Instagram at goodmoms underscore bad choices. Uh, make sure you follow us on Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash good moms bad choices Debbie's gonna be blessing us with a full moon meditation it's a little five minute short little meditation but get us in the get us in the spirit you know we always me and Jamila are always about manifesting period but on the full moon and even after we had this conversation last month with Loose Warrior y'all need to be manifesting on your periods Uh, my period is like on not the end but I just I had to I was feeling bitchy about it I had to tap in I'm like have you heard about the red tent 
Mm-mm. Okay, Ooh. so Loose Warrior, she talked to us about the I red... I love her, by the way. Oh, she's amazing. She talked about the, the red tent and basically how, like, in ancient history, women were put in this... They had this red tent in these tribes, and all the women, because their cycles would be on would be the same, because, you know, once us women can get together, yeah. our cycles start to be similar in the moon, and they would all go into this red tent, and they would... Anything that the tribe needed to get done... They, they, they write would, down. They would write it down, give it to the women, they'd go in the red tent... And pray over and it. And pray over it and manifest they for believe the, that for the Community. When you're on your period, you have a direct, you have a direct, uh, like channel, channel to yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. So we've been, we've been tapping in on that. I love and I that. guess what? I'm gonna be on my period on the full moon. So I'm red tenting and full moon manifesting. It's on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sunday, yeah. I'm gonna, I Sunday, hope, yeah. I hope my period doesn't end by Saturday. So <laughs> me too. I feel like you got three day residual effects. Yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> and I'm sure me and you have manifested a lot of shit on our period so, together. And Absolutely. Um, oh, and also, um, in addition to that, please go check out our girl's new children's book, Mommy, Can You Wrap Me a, a Bedtime story. story by Jessica Schrode, a.k.a. Jessica Rose, because it's the bomb, and she's about to... And we've been drinking out of her glasses all day. We're drinking wine. These are her baby daddy tear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> our baby daddies are crying right now. And we're drinking their tears. <laughs> Stay hydrated, ladies. <coughs> Choking on them. <laughs> Just like a baby daddy. Just like a baby daddy would. Oh, you would. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, um, you guys know where to find us. Like I said, have an amazing week, and we'll catch you next week. We love you. Bye. Hey, guys. Have you joined Patreon, where we offer even more juicy content? Yes, y'all. We have secret episodes, secret segments, and some very personal blog posts that we don't share on the interwebs. So make sure you go check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash goodmomsbadchoices. Here's a little sneak peek. You know, for people who are exploring this, if you're trying to fulfill something that's missing in your primary relationship, like that's that's not the the way to go into this. This is like you're so fulfilled by your partner and you want like a little extra icing or sparkles on the cake. You know, it's like it this is this is this is this not, is not a, something it's, to. It's not a, yeah. Yeah, a relationship. It's you're not. Don't try to fix your relationship. Like go in with an empowered relationship. Or as a, I've done it as a single woman, that is fun. It's fun. Going to oh dude, being a single girl at a sex party is so much fun. <laughs>
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.